This morning we will read from John chapter 10, verse 22 through 30. At that time the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The Word of God. We are this morning uh, continuing, um, for me anyway, not for you. Um, I, I'm going to take a few minutes a little later on. And by the way, for those of you who are new, I'm Tom. And you think of me as just this uh, guitar slinger, worship leader, old man right there. But when I sit over here, I become Pastor Tom. Some of you are thinking this is like going back three years. Um, I've been the interim pastor here for almost two years. And so it's great to still be involved And it's actually fun to be able to come and bring God's word to you as well. But at the same time, one of the things when I left here as as interim pastor, when Luke came almost a year and a half ago, can you believe that? You guys prayed and prayed, and we got the man of God that he wanted here for us. But I have uh, also planted a church in Rifle, and one of the things we're doing in Rifle on Sunday nights is that we are going through the, uh, the Revised Common Lectionary. I don't know if any of you have grown up in Lutheran or Methodist or some Presbyterian churches and know what that is. Did you ever go to church and have to stand up for the gospel reading? Um, or did you go to church and hear now the psalm for today or the epistle? And it was out of a book, and I thought, who decided that? And it's a three-year plan, but we've been doing it on Sunday nights. And so where I'm at right now in my church, and I get to preach, it's actually next week, is uh, in John chapter 10, as well as in Revelation, a section. And the psalm is the 23rd psalm. I don't know if you noticed in our passage today, as well as uh, that the shepherd was brought up. And that's what we're going to look at today, is this idea of the shepherd. And what was really fun is yesterday, as I was downstairs in my basement, going through a couple of things, looking for something else. You know, you never find what you're looking for. You ever notice that? Um, I found a cassette tape. Does anybody know what a cassette tape is? Do you remember? A cassette tape had lovely little cases. And it says, uh, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, Part 1, October 15th, 1989. I found a sermon that I preached in 1989, 30 years ago. And I was... A lot younger back then, but I wasn't too bad. So I got some good, some good ideas as I, I got, as I got to listen 30 years later at the same passage. Jesus, the good shepherd. And as you, as you saw in this passage we uh, saw today in John 10, um, the, uh, the religious leaders come to Jesus and they ask him, they said, will you, keep, will you quit keeping us in suspense? Will you just tell us plainly are you the Messiah or not? A simple, this is like a court of law, a simple yes or no answer will do. Are you the Messiah? And what did Jesus say? He didn't say yes or no. No, he didn't do that. But he said, I just told you. 
I've told you plainly. I just told you. And what was he telling them about? If we go back to that very passage we just read, and before then, we saw that Jesus was talking about, I am the good shepherd. Let's go back just a couple of verses, and you'll see what Jesus was saying. Um, if, we, if we go back just a couple of verses, we see um, in, that Jesus says, he says, he, um, he says, I am the good shepherd. This is uh, verse 14. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And he goes on later and says, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I've received from my Father. Right where Cody finished reading in verse 30, where he says, you know, my sheep hear my voice and know me, and no one can take them out of my hands. Then he says, my Father has put them in my hands, and no one can take them out of my Father's hands. Do you notice that? My hands, Father's hands. I and the Father are one. What happened next? The very next verse says, they took up stones to kill him. They knew what he was saying. They said, tell us clearly. And he said, I did tell you. And then they, he told them a little more. And he says, they said, okay. And it wasn't that far before that they took up stones to kill him. Back when he said, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus told them plainly. But here, the way he was telling them, what's so lovely about this was that Jesus was telling them in a way that uh, anybody who you might say would hear his voice. How many times did he say, for him who has, what, ears to hear, let him hear. Folks, that, that's the first thing I would encourage you today. I don't know everybody here, but I know a lot of you. Um, my prayer is that God would give you ears to hear today. Not my voice but the voice of your shepherd, the voice of your Savior who is calling to you, and he said, my sheep, they know my voice. And, and the people back there knew exactly what they meant because they knew that a shepherd, when he came to the sheepfold and he did his whistle or his call or whatever it was, and there was a mixture of sheep in this sheepfold, and when he came in there and did his little... All of a sudden, about 60 head or 15 or whatever it was, perked up and said, time to go, guys. That's our shepherd. Shepherd didn't beat their sheep and drag them along. They whistled. They, they had a voice. The sheep knew it, and the sheep followed their shepherd. And Jesus was saying, the reason you aren't getting it is you're not my sheep. And I have other sheep. And he, and he went on, and dis- but he used that picture uh, of a shepherd and sheep to, to illustrate so clearly to them who he was, and yet those that, that were not of his fold did not get it. My prayer is that today, if you haven't heard the call of your shepherd, that you would hear it today, that you would say, oh, I get it. So that's what Jesus was all about. He said, I'm a shepherd. And he used this picture of a shepherd, didn't he? Because it was so common back then. Now, as I was thinking about that, it was, it was so familiar to them, they knew exactly what he meant. I think these people were being a little hard-headed, and they were blinded. Um, but today, we don't quite do that, do we? 
Uh, we, don't, we don't see shepherd in the fields, even though, to me, so what, what would be the best example we could have today? He says, I'm the good shepherd. You know, what I saw this morning as we were here earlier, there was a man out there walking the ditch and pulling the water lines to irrigate out here. So I think today Jesus might say, I'm the good irrigator, or I'm the good farmhand, or I am the good um, drywaller, or I'm the good contractor. Or I'm the good real estate agent. Now, that one might be kind of hard. I don't know if he'd use that one or not. (laughs) Or I'm the good developer. He would use something that they would understand. And he said, I'm the good shepherd. And when they heard that, do you know what they thought of? They thought back to their beloved, if they were religious, their beloved King David, right? Remember King David? And he was a shepherd boy. You guys remember this? This was a, a shepherd's crook that was here when I came. And, uh, and Terry handed it to me when he left and said, you're going to be the shepherd of the sheep. But Jesus was talking about a shepherd, and David was talking about a shepherd, wasn't he? Back when he was a boy, he was a shepherd of sheep. And then later he wrote a psalm about sheep, didn't he? What was it? The 23rd Psalm. Do you guys know that one? Yeah, what, how, how does it go? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy, say it with me, shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever." You see, just like you know that, the Jews back in Jesus' day, they also knew that. And so when he said, I'm the good shepherd, they knew what he was talking about. And I want to talk a bit today as we look at this, not so much at at what Jesus did there, but I want to look at that 23rd Psalm and just make a few observations. So if you'll do that with me, I want you to go just just a, a few brief things. The Lord is my shepherd. You know something I like to do? When we sing songs, there's a, a common theme in a lot of songs these days that I'm not fond of. It's, it's me, me, me. And everything's about me, not about God or not about us. And so I like to have songs where we say that we come or our God or our this or our we. But in, in the 23rd Psalm, you notice he doesn't say the Lord is our shepherd. What does he say? My shepherd. Why do you think he says that? Because it's personal. And I think when we get into it here, we need to know that our shepherd is, is a personal shepherd. He's a personal God that wants us to go to him personally. And I think this 23rd Psalm is the place to go when we are in great need. And he says, the Lord is my shepherd. It's, it's about me. And then he says, I shall not want. Now, again, that word there, want, does that mean we don't want anything? No, we want a lot of things. I think if you look at the, the best way to, to translate it for me is, I have everything I need. Say that with me. I have everything I need. The Lord's my shepherd. I want for nothing. I have everything. Because the shepherd 
takes care of me. I love watching sheep, the dumbest animals out there. They don't have a care in the world because their shepherd cares for them. So he says, my, my, the Lord is my shepherd and I have everything I need. The next thing he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Just take a look at what we have out here. And what I always love is, you ever notice when you drive along and you see these beautiful fields and you think, oh, just to lay down in that field. And then you get there, what's it really like? <laughs> yeah, you've been there. It's like, it looks so pretty from a distance to get up there. It's like, ah, well. But, uh, but what I love here is he says, he makes me lie down. There are some of you today who don't lie down easily. You don't take the breaks you need. And it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. I would encourage you. I know we have a tradition on Mother's Day. That's next week. Um, the last few years, it hasn't been so nice. We've been out there, and it's rained and blown and different things. But, uh, but we've headed off either. We, we headed up one, two years ago to the monastery. Another year, we headed off up the mountains behind here and picnicked and, and just took the whole family. And you know what I think is valuable is to take some time and, and to get out in creation and allow God to use the peace and the quiet like we see in this picture to restore our souls and to bring us to a place of peace. Um, and, and leave your phones at home, leave all your devices away, and just find a place of peace. But he does that, and he restores our souls. We need to find that. Um, he leads me in paths of righteousness. Um, again, here is our shepherd leading the way. Um, we know that by his life he did, but the shepherd leads us in, in the right paths. But what I love is he doesn't do it just for our own good, which it is for our own good, but what does he do it ultimately for? Say it with me. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Don't miss this one. If there's anything in this passage, this, this psalm, that is valuable is that the reason, again, that God takes us and guides us and loves us and leads us, it's for his sake. It's for his glory. It's to make him look great. All through scripture, Old Testament and New, throughout history, what you see is God doing good things early on through his people, the nation of Israel, now to his people who are the followers of, in his kingdom who claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We are part of this big kingdom. God does good for us and takes care of us so that others will look and say, my, you must have a great God. Now, often we think that means, okay, then that means I have to have it all together. I have to look the right way. I have to have the right stuff. So we can say to people, look, if you trust in God, then this will be your lifestyle. Look at, look at what I'm doing. We're going to see in a second that that's not the case. In fact, my experience is that sometimes the, the, the best time that people are able to see the greatness of God is when we find ourselves in the difficult situations. Because he goes right on and says, even though a what? I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Even when I walk through the valley. Now let me ask you, did the Savior lead them up until this point? Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me in paths of righteousness. He's guiding me. I have no fear. But even in the valley of the shadow of death, did the Savior leave them and say, oh, sorry guys, you're off the path. You're off in some valley of shadow of death. Uh, you know, come back over here where everything is sweet and great. No. 
The Savior is still leading them through the valley of the shadow of death. How do we know that? Because he says, for I, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They're a reminder of the fact that you're right here. When I get a little out, you're still working with me, but I'm in the shadow of death. Folks, there are a number of us that either are or will be going through some deep, dark times. And a lot of us are right now. And and that is the time that we need to know and feel God's presence the most. My guess is what I... What I've found and when I talk to people is, is that that really is. The times lazing around on the, the grassy fields along quiet still waters, dropping a line in and catching a nice fish, all the nice things we get to do. We can thank God for that, amen? But when is God the most real? When we're going to surgery on Thursday. When we're dealing with stuff that, that is really difficult. When we're, when we're in that valley of the shadow of death, that's when I think people will tell you that God is really real. And you know something? That's also when others will say, how are you doing it? I mean, look what you're going through. Do you see what's happening in your life? I mean, go to the story of Job if you want. That's the extreme. But it doesn't have to be that extreme. But just when we're dealing with the problems that come our way and people look and they say, I just see such a sense of hope and peace. It's not a giddiness like, oh, everything will be great. All things work together for good. For those who love God and call according to his purposes. I mean, it's not that kind of glib. I mean, it is dealing with reality and saying, yes, this life is hard. And right now, it's not what I want. It's not what I would choose. But I've got somebody leading me. And, and, and he's there with me through this difficult time. And that's the only reason I can hold on. And that's when... When others will say, oh, you must have a great God. Because look, look at what you, how it's going for you. For, for your name's sake. Even though I go through the valley of the shadow of death because I'm not alone. The other nice thing there, what's really intriguing. Do you ever notice when we said that, Lord is my shepherd. He leads me. He guides me. He does this. He does that. We, it's all in the second person for the first three verses. Do you notice when we get to verse 4? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say he is with me, does it? His, his rod, no, no, it's, what does it say? You are with me. He changes from second person to first person. Um, that is, to me, such a beautiful thing to say, you know, when we are in the valley of the shadow of death, when we're going through it, um, I'm no longer just talking about God. I'm talking to God. God, you are with me. You are walking beside me. You are there with me. I think that's, it tells us that there are times when our theology, which is when we're talking about God, thinking about God, all good things, knowing about God, knowing his character and qualities of, of who he is and what he's done. But it's always important to then move into prayer, which is, God, because of what I see and who you are, I, I am so grateful and I call out to you and I cry out to you and I pray and I praise you. See, we're here to learn about God. We do that every Sunday, and your pastor is doing an incredible job teaching us about God. Um, but we're here for a, a lot more than that. Our learning about God should lead us to, to engaging with this God in whatever way that is for you and me, but, but really coming to him and saying, 
God, I'm learning all these things now. I want to tell you how much I love who you are and how thankful I am for what you have done. And I'm, I'm learning. And so moving from theology to prayer is critical right there. And he says, even though I walk through the valley, you are with me. And that's when, when the comfort comes. That's when we need to, to cry out to him and, and trust that he will comfort us. And, uh, that's, and that's what I think is important, and I have a few minutes left. So uh, I want to take a few minutes, because one of the things I'd like to do today as, as we finish up is this, this passage has really become important to me, this Psalm 23, because one of my, uh, when I sat here last, about a year ago, I preached, and I just finished up being your pastor, and we just got Luke. I think we would say jury was still out. It was, we knew we looked pretty well already by then. But we have another year now, and we love what he's doing. Um, but I had a chance, and what I was doing at that point was I had become what you might call bivocational. I was doing a couple of things. I was working here as your worship pastor, and I was planting a new church in Rifle. Well, I'm still doing that. Tonight, I'll run down to Rifle, and I'm actually, as I shared before, we're going through using the lectionary, so we have different passages. Tonight, Dave Kosh, some of you know Dave, he's preached here before a couple times. Dave is preaching, and I'm doing music. Next week, I preach, actually, I'll use this message next week, and Ken, one of our other guys who's been here leading music for us, and he, he's so, uh, I'm sharing the preaching with three guys, and we're having a blast. Um, it's not a big church. It's, uh, we'll probably have 20, 30 people on a Sunday. But uh, we're rolling and trying to reach into our community. But since then, I've added two more jobs to my... Um, so I'm now not bivocational. I am quadrivocational. This is the new gig economy they talk about, right? And so what I want to tell you as we close up is what this fits so well with when he says, um, he set a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And I want to do that as we get ready for the table here. But I have the opportunity to, to be in, in process. I'm the executive director of a group called Reach Out Colorado, which is a nonprofit that uh, does a number of things, but I'll keep it short. Primarily, every week we, we bag up about 200 to 250 bags of um, non-perishable food and the school districts there, all the elementary schools and middle school all take bags and then about 200 and some kids get them every Thursday. Uh, they found out that over the weekends a lot of kids, rifle I hear is about the tops in the state on getting subsidized meals at schools. So kids were getting great meals at schools and then they'd come back Monday and the teacher would say, how was your weekend? Oh great, what do you eat? Um, and and not so good. So we give out food for the weekends. And so we do that every week. That's one thing we do. But the other thing is emergency assistance. And so every, every month I meet with probably 20 to 30 different people who are in various levels of emergency situations. Our goal, we, we only help people once a year. We're not, we're not a homeless shelter. Um, we do help homeless, but, but usually it's people who are living month to month. A lot of people down there are living month to month. Up here, a lot of people are living month to month. You'd be amazed at how, how many people are just that close. And you see people who literally, they come to me and they say, I, you know, I had this great job and I lost it and gone two weeks now and I'm getting foreclosed on or I, my, I can't pay my rent. or I've had single moms with little kids with no electricity in their house in the middle of winter. And so we, that's kind of the, the other thing we do. is So that's one of my jobs is I'm the director of Reach Out Colorado. And then just this last month, um, I took on another job that, that fit well with this, that I'm, the, I'm, I'm a chaplain for Hospice of the Valley. 
an organization out of Glenwood that's got about 70 to 80 employees that do that work in the hospice industry. Um, shouldn't call it industry, but it is working in the medical field. Um, with And I've got right now about six patients that I'm working with as their chaplain in parachute and rifle and, and silt. And so I'm, I'm kind of being trained as a chaplain for hospice, working with people who are coming to the end of their lives and want to do that at home. And so, so again, this passage, I used it one more time. Um, I'm probably going to use this a lot. Um, as I sat with a family around a hospital bed with a, with a brother and a father and uncle um, who, who, who was, couldn't communicate anymore, but he was there and he was with it sharply. And so as I closed our time with them, I said, can I say the, 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 the 23rd Psalm? Can I read that for you? And I, we recited it and a number of them. It's amazing how people get these things in their heads. Can you believe the word of God in our hearts? I would encourage you. And we read it around the circle, and then we prayed the Lord's Prayer. And, and it, was, it was a very precious time. So, so as, as, as I am up here week in and week out with you doing worship, you can know that I'm doing a lot of other things during the week. And uh, so, and thank you. I do want to thank a bunch of you a year ago. I asked for some support, and a lot of you supported us, and, and we could still use that. So, if anybody's uh, I- interested in more of what we're doing, let me know. But, uh, but we are loving being up here, and I'd like to close by uh, grabbing this staff again one more time. And would you stand with me? And let's say together, let's, let's say the, the 23rd Psalm together. Second time now, you'll probably even have more of it, right? It's amazing how much of it's there, but let's say it together and let's ask God's spirit to work this deep into our hearts. And I would encourage you to take the time and, uh, and memorize this and, and be able, because there may be a day right now, you may not need it so much, but there may be a day coming. I like to do it by verse. So that's how I remember in my, so if you watch my fingers, you'll know what verse we're on. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are a shepherd, that we can trust in you. God, thank you that, Jesus, just like uh, good shepherds that you saw around, you know each of our needs. And Lord, I know there are those today, God, who are walking in difficult times. So Lord, we bring our fears before you. We bring our concerns, the things that are keeping us awake at night. Things that are making us angry and frustrated. Lord, whatever they are, God, we bring them to you. and We say, shepherd, would you meet us at our point of need? Let us know that you're here. And thank you, Jesus, as we gather now at the table. Thank you that, uh, that you have prepared the way so that we can 
know you and walk closely with you because you of your own authority, as you stated in John, um, you laid your life down and you lifted it up on your authority because the Father had given you that charge and you did it for us so that we could know you, we could be forgiven, and we could bring glory to you because of our lives, Lord. Meet us here today at this table. And Lord, we, uh, as we uh, get ready, Lord, we want to say together what the church has been saying for years in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.